We like to think about what we want people to know, what we want them to feel, and what we want them to do. And so when we think about those stories that we end up sharing with the press, you know, we want people to know that there are affordable, accessible higher education options for them, even if they weren't able to go to a traditional institution. We want them to feel connected um, or inspired by the student stories that we're sharing. And what do we want them to do with that information? Hey, welcome to the Higher Ed Storytelling University podcast on the B Podcast Network. This is a podcast dedicated to helping higher ed marketers tell better stories, create better content, enroll more students. My name is John Azzoni. I'm the founder at Unveiled, a video production company working specifically with college marketing teams on automating their student success stories through a subscription approach. And you can learn more at unveiled.tv. That's U-N-V-E-I-L-D. Or if you want to chat directly with me, you can find me on LinkedIn or uh, find the contact info on uh, the contact page of our website. My guest today is Lauren Keene. Lauren is the Associate Vice President of Communications at Southern New Hampshire University, and she wrote a fabulous article for Inside Higher Ed called Harnessing the Power of Student Stories. In this episode, we turn our attention to getting media exposure with your content and how student success stories in particular are appealing to media outlets. Uh, in particular, we cover building a story pipeline, how to create a system where students are self-submitting uh, stories, uh, and also putting students first over your institution in your story, pitching to media outlets, and how to make it easy for them to feature your story. And Lauren shares with us some great examples of how SNHU got tons of exposure, uh, national exposure and media outlets, and a bunch more stuff. So let's dive in. Here is my conversation with Lauren Keene. Lauren, thank you so much for being here. Tell us where you work, what's your role, um, what do you do? It's great to be here. My name is Lauren Keene. I have been at SNHU for about eight years. I have spent my career in nonprofit communications and public relations, uh, first for a PR firm in the DC area, working on a lot of social change issues, one of them being education and higher education. Peripherally got connected to SNHU and joined to build a communications team here. So that was eight years ago. Um, I helped to lead our internal and external communications at the university, and it's been a great ride so far. Awesome. So you uh, you wrote an article. We got you on the episode because you wrote a really good article um, in Inside Higher Ed called uh, Harnessing the Power of Student Stories, Five Strategies to Help uh, Increased Earned Media Placements. Um, I'll put the article in the show notes. Very good article, pretty quick read, um, but very practical. One of the things I like about the article um, is how skimmable it is, just off topic, but I'm like, boom, five points. The points are in bold. I can like, and you know, so there's, there's no fluff in there. I love it. You're obviously a communications professional. <laughs> um, uh, but, but yeah, a really good article. Um, and in the article, you talk about storytelling, uh, telling stories that are going to be picked up by media. Um, and your students have been, you know, featured in like people magazine, uh, Inside Edition, NBC Nightly News, Live with Kelly. I saw this morning my wife was watching Live with Kelly. It's now Live with Kelly and Mark. I, I don't know. I think that's her yes. husband, right? It is her husband, which that's hard to do. <laughs> I don't. I, I had the same um, thought. I'm like, how would I run a show with Laura? I mean, we get along great, but I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if we could like run a show together and then come home and eat dinner together and then, you know, <laughs> all this stuff. 
but she's been through. I, don't know. Like, I feel uh, like I want Laura to be on the podcast now. Yeah, <laughs> we, de- we demand a husband and wife host. See how this goes. Um, but no, uh, Kelly. It's been in the last like few years. It's been like live with Kelly and Michael, live with Kelly and Ryan, live with Kelly and Mark. Anyway, completely off topic. But Kelly has handled uh, some SNHU uh, story uh, or two. So tell me about uh, how you got um, that kind of exposure and uh, the the strategy behind kind of getting some of those on there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So when I started at SNHU eight years ago, we didn't really have a centralized comms team. You know, anybody could talk to the media or send press releases, um, which resulted in us just not telling our story as well as we could. Um, And the board really charged our team with telling our story better in our own backyard. Um, So over the years, we've really focused in on sourcing and telling our stories better. First around commencement, um, building relationships with staff, and now we source and pitch hundreds of stories every year. Um, But when we think about the strategy, we really, this is, you know, not my my coming up with this strategy is a pretty known communication strategy, but we, we like to think about what we want people to know, what we want them to feel and what we want them to do. And so when we think about those stories that we end up sharing with the press, um, you know, we want people to know that there are affordable, accessible higher education options for them, even if they weren't able to go to a traditional institution. We want them to feel connected um, or inspired by the student stories that we're sharing, whether it's a working mom or um, somebody who has survived cancer or um, overcome health challenges or you know maybe a military service member or spouse who um, couldn't go to a traditional school because they moved so much. Um, and what do we want them to do with that information? Uh, of course, we would love for them to enroll at SNHU um, or share the story with you know other people in their networks. But there are also 44 million Americans with some college and no degree, and we can't, you know, SNHU can't serve all of them. And so really, when we think about that strategy, it's boiling it down to just showing people who haven't been able to finish their college degree that it's possible for them. And those are some of the stories we've been able to source um, and place. And it's those really inspiring, authentic stories that have made it to some of the bigger national outlets um, over the years. And you, um, you, you have stuff that you look for in, in stories. What, what is the quality, what makes a good story that's worth pitching to the media? So I'd always say, I mean, it has to be tied to who your brand is authentically. Um, you know, for SNHU, we've had a long history of um, delivering diplomas, uh, first via a bus that went across the country to deliver diplomas to online students who weren't able to come to commencement. And that was a national uh, TV ad campaign that I still, no matter where I'm traveling uh, and say I work for SNHU, they're like, you're the school with the bus. Um, and But that is authentically part of our brand narrative. Um, and while the bus isn't on the road anymore, um, there are a number of students who can't make it to commencement every year. And we do still use the surprise element of bringing diplomas to them and surprising them. So that has been really helpful for us. We had a 94 year old student um, based in Hawaii um, about five years ago. And uh, her story really went viral um, pretty quickly. We were able to surprise her with her degree and 
she she said one of the quotes that really took hold was, you know, what am I going to do all day? Like watch Netflix. And I'm sure Netflix wasn't happy with their, <laughs> with their um, Google alerts that week, but um, <laughs> that quote like really resonated with a lot of older people. Right. Um, and so looking for those unique stories that again, will show somebody who, you know, not what they see in TV or movies about what traditional higher education is, but um, showing that it's possible if I can do it, then, or if they can do it, I can do it too. That's great. And um, so you talk in your article about building a story pipeline, and I feel like you don't really get stories like that, like a 94-year-old receiving a diploma. When you you limit your story collection, collection activities to like asking some faculty, like, hey, who, who do you know? Because um, the faculty, you know, they're, they're probably going to find the student that's maybe getting a good uh, GPA so far or is liking it or it has potential to get a good job or something like that. And that's all great. Um, but they often, you know, it takes some deeper diving to, to learn some of the deeper stuff. Someone is going through cancer. Someone's really struggling with something. Someone has something. Uh, I mean, probably a 94 year old you probably see on the surface that that's, that's different. (laughs) Um, but you know, it does take some deeper diving, uh, to find those really, um, really gripping stories. So, so talk about the story pipeline that SNHU has built and, um, what, like, how, how do you incentivize students to, to submit their own stories? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, as communications professionals aren't often on the front lines with students. So when we started um, again with the team about eight years ago, we really had to start building some of those conversations with admissions and advising staff and faculty members across the university. So going to introduce ourselves, um, you know, making sure they knew who we are, how to reach us, um, but also showing them some of the stories and the types of stories we were looking for. So giving them examples of some of the stories that have made it to to the media and why um and giving them some buckets and parameters that like if you have these types of stories these are the ones that we really want to know about so of course you know media relations and communications is all about building relationships but thinking internally first is really important and, and a step that you shouldn't skip um so doing that short, sort of internal roadshow is really important And then a share your story mechanism. We started a share your story link about six years ago that we included in all of our commencement related communications leading up to our ceremonies. And um, that strategy has really evolved for us over the years. Um, But we used to get a few hundred submissions each cycle. Last year, we tried something new um, thanks to a great idea of one of the members of my team, Melanie. Um, She thought of, you know, doing a more targeted strategy based on demographics. So what we did was we split, um, we did three standalone emails, um, one for campus graduates, one for online undergraduates under the age of 50, and one email for online graduates over the age of 50. And we used a video clip um, from somebody in one of those demographics so that when a student was receiving it, they could see themselves and like, oh, this student was, you know, over the age of 50, just like me, and submitted their story. And just that strategy helped us increase our story submissions for our spring ceremony by 41%. So really just showing um, students that there are people like them who are graduating, that their story is worthy of being told, um, 
we saw such a huge increase in students. And I think what we have found is that like people want to share their stories. They just need an avenue to do it. Oh, I love that. Uh, I mean, two things that stand out about that one uh, internal roadshow, I think is, is uh, a smart way <laughs> is a smart way of putting it and just and building those relationships on campus with people that are on the ground with students. It, it, you know, I, you'd have to get out of the office suite, you know, um, out of the mindset of just like, if we send a mass email to all the students, uh, we're going to get thousands of submissions. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, you'll learn the hard way that you have to get a little more, you know, grassroots with it. Um, so yeah, the internal roadshow, building those relationships, but then getting specific, I think is key there too. Um, yeah, like you said, uh, allowing people to see um, people that look like them and you're talking to people in a, in a way that's that's catered to them. I think that's really smart. Obviously, very smart. It's 41% smarter. <laughs> <laughs> or 42, whatever you said. All thanks to Melanie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So um, let's see. Are, are students incentivized in any way to share their story? Like when one thing that comes to my mind is like, what is a student going to think that's like, what's in it for me? You know, why should I take half an mm -hmm. hour to create a video of myself? Um, give, give me some thoughts on that. Like what might be the incentive for them? No, our students aren't incentivized in any way. We're upfront of like how the stories can might be used. So it might be shared with media, it might be shared on social media, it might be shared with our internal audiences. Um, but we don't incentivize them to share. Uh, again, I think it goes back to like, people want to share their story. Um, they just need a way to do it. And um, I think once we um, receive their stories and they start engaging with them, you know, of course we want them to feel heard and, and seen and, and valued. And um, we take great pride in taking good care of them, especially if they're taking the time to share their story at commencement. So um, we always make sure that that is, is part of it, but we don't incentivize them. They just are willing to share. That's great. That's awesome. Um, so talk about, uh, in your article, you mentioned putting students first, not trying to force the brand uh, in the narrative. Um, talk about the implications around that. Yeah, when we think about media relations, um, and you think about media today, they're overwhelmed and get a ton of things every day. And so they're really looking for those authentic human centered stories. And we have a lot of those and all of our student stories that we're pitching to media really speak for themselves. Uh, so I would say probably nine out of 10 pitches that our team sends to press, we don't even mention SNHU until the second paragraph. Um, you know, we really let the student story shine. And um, you know, it's hard to tell the story without including SNHU. They often don't leave the university's name out, but by really leading with the student first, um, I think it has paid dividends for us in our media relations strategy. It reminds me of, I used to do a lot of wedding videos and I friends with a lot of wedding photographers and you don't see this as much these days, but probably 10, 10 years ago, it was like the thing to do to put your watermark on every image you deliver to the to the couple so all these wedding photos uh for professional wedding photos had this big like that jamie lynn photography on it and just always struck a wrong chord with me i'm like it's not about you and like it would be more more about you if you didn't put that on there so it's just like they want to post their own photos they've already paid you they're not pay they're <laughs> like they're not you know trying to advertise for you now also um but also like by letting the content uh, the people shine, 
um, it leads it leads viewers to the brand or readers to the brand or 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 whatever. Right. But it, when you do the opposite, when you make me 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 me, um, it's almost like super off putting. I, I, I think. Right, right. And I think journalists especially can see right through that. It's it's really not about us. It's about the student and their story and how it will resonate with the journalist's audience. Um, and we're really careful about making sure that you know whoever we're pitching, um, you know knows that and and also i think it helps us build a stronger relationship with a lot of reporters because they know that we're not really doing it for for us in that way that we're really trying to to let the student story shine yeah that's great um yeah having a culture of just making it clear that that the story is really what what you're after and uplifting the great positive work that that people have done sharing that and celebrating them i think that in itself is a is a great incentive for you know people want to encourage others with their story you know the more it gets out there quick break here to tell you about how you can scale up your student and alumni success stories without taking on a bunch of extra work to manage with our video storytelling subscriptions but I'm actually going to let you, uh, Charlene David, uh, she's the full-time videographer and photographer at Baker College, uh, tell you about how we made her life easier. The video subscription idea was a real godsend for me. It's been kind of life-changing in a way. <laughs> I don't know if that's too uh, strong of a statement. On a couple of different levels, as a social media manager, it was really fantastic to have this entire campaign, if you will, of student testimonials. I know that for my channels, I'm going to get a new video every single month. There's a lot of content to produce and not a lot of content creators here. So having somebody who can take that portion off my plate, it's it's allowed me a little bit of room to breathe and maybe focus on some other projects. Not only do you get a fully edited testimonial, you also get a delivery of all of the B-roll that was taken of that student. For instance, we have this culinary institute and one of the projects we wanted to do is to create uh, just a short little video connected to a QR code uh, that on all the little chocolates that we that we give out in the restaurant or if they make chocolates for a special event or for our board members or for any meetings or graduation they can scan this QR code and up pops this video of some like really beautiful slow-mo hands making chocolate and that sort of thing and I was able to go into this b-roll and find some fantastic shots of one of our students who did a testimonial creating these bonbons and creating cakes and you've got the batter going and you've got the chocolate drizzling. So I know that I'm going to be able to take that footage, resize it, I can, I can resize it vertically if I need it, I can resize it into a one by one if I need it, uh, I can color grade it however I need to fit my needs. And I really don't have to travel across the state to our culinary institute to do a whole new shoot because I've got that B footage at my hands. So really that's something that I could sit down, edit for a couple of hours, have it done and check it off the list, which is fantastic. If you want to get like Char and have a steady stream of student success stories, uh, raw B-roll and interview content showing up in your inbox every month, go to pricing.unveiled.tv where you can learn more about how this works. Unveiled is spelled U-N-V-E-I-L-D. And now back to our conversation with Lauren Keene. So you talk in your article about the way that SNHU uh, has been praised for uh, creating these media-ready packages. And so you had some really uh, practical tips in there for how to deliver the media in the pitch 
in a way that makes it easy for uh, the editor or whatever to say yes to you. So tell me about that. Yeah. Um, the best media relations advice that I've ever been given is to be a resource to media. Um, they are don't have a lot of time. You know, newsrooms are shrinking. Uh, so we need to be able to give them everything that they need to tell the story um, without physically having to be there. Um, so we, again, don't share many pitches with the press without sharing a link that includes photos, B-roll, interview, footage. Um, and it doesn't need to be costly. It doesn't need to be a high budget production to do that. But sending some sort of visual is always going to increase your chances of getting media hits. And that has been absolutely true for us. Um, I think of a couple example of examples. Um, I think we'll talk about the Joan Donovan story a little bit later. But, you know, for that story, again, she was an 89-year-old woman in Florida. It was a last minute thing that came to our team. I happened to be visiting my parents in the town over so around the holidays. And I just said, like, I'll deliver the diploma. I didn't have my team with me. I didn't have video equipment with me. Um, but my mom tagged along to help. And she ended up shooting the video of this surprise moment on my iPhone. I told her to hold it horizontally, which was a miracle in and of itself that she took my feedback <laughs> and direction. And that, that iPhone video was the video that made it to ABC World News tonight. So again, like it doesn't need to be um, high budget production, but giving some visuals um, will always increase your chances. And then the story that I referenced earlier, the 94 year old um, Amy Creighton in Hawaii, the videographer um, that day, we had you know, taken a flight from the East Coast. So we were on a completely different time. We were up very early. And she took a time lapse on her iPhone of the sun rising over the ocean in Hawaii. And it was really cool. And she just like included that in the B-roll like string out. And I couldn't believe how many producers or um, editors ended up using that one little clip in the story as like a transition piece in the Amy Creighton story. But um, again, like doesn't have to be high budget production. Um, but definitely think about visuals first when you're pitching media. Time lapses, I tell you what, those are time lapses and drone footage are uh, <laughs> universally, uh, universally uh, useful in storytelling, I feel like. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> we did a time lapse of um, kind of the graduates coming into commencement too and included that in our media string out um, last year. And yeah, a lot of outlets ended up using that footage. So. Did your mom insist on um, putting her watermark on her video footage <laughs> before it went? <laughs> she didn't, but I did give her, I gave her a little SNE2 swag for, <laughs> for helping out as an employee for a day. Nice. Um, cool. So uh, let's see. Oh, well, I was going to ask you um, the, oh, well, you kind of answered it. My follow-up question was good. How, how do you get the B-roll? So in a normal, in a normal scenario where, you know, it's not this like, kind of drop everything you got to capture this moment however now um that sounded like an eminem song um but <laughs> can you can you uh can you tell us like do you have a team that like a, like internal video team that's like you're, you're tagging them to go out on these shoots or do you have people within your staff that are just like we're gonna bring our iphone and we're gonna shoot this b-roll how's that work it's a it's a mix um sometimes you know for the for the Amy Creighton one in Hawaii, we just had one videographer photographer. Um, so small, um, 
small operation, I would say that for most of our diploma deliveries, it's just one person that's going. Um, it's not a full production team that that is capturing this footage. It's really about like getting quality stuff and being able to turn it around same day. So I would say like speed is almost better than, um, you know, this high quality broadcast level production. Other times at commencement, we do have an in-house video team that helps out. Um, but we are also working on rapid response. So making sure that we're getting and turning around media packages that night, um, that weekend to, so that it's still timely for reporters. Cool. Yeah, that's, that is important. My one, my one personal experience with pitching to media, um, I did not follow that advice. I, I was filming for something else for a different project and we had all these floods in Michigan and the highway, the main freeway was just completely flooded and there were cars like abandoned and just like floating there. And I happened to, uh, be getting a drone, drone club with this. And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to sell this to, um, to all the news outlets. So I'm like, so I email them and I email them no response and I follow up, no response. I follow up again. And they're like, dude, this happened a week ago. And we have helicopters and drones. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> I was like, all right. Mm -hmm. uh, probably not the best PR, um, you know, communications professional. Probably not ready to be hired by the masses yet. But uh... <laughs> yeah, so timing. Um, timing and yeah, uh, I mean... probably knowing what they already have is, is helpful. <laughs> yeah, and just giving them that, that media package um, of the photos, B-roll, and, you know, quick inter interview footage, it shouldn't be heavily edited. Um, but again, like letting them have the all of the assets so that they can cut it any way that they want as if they were there has been really key. If, you know, so many of our stories that we've placed, there haven't been any cameras from a news organization there. It has been all of our uh, footage that we have sent them and that they have packaged in a way that fits fits their broadcast. So that's been key for us. Yeah. And I would have, you know, in the interest of having the editors like save time, like I would assume that, oh, I'll give you an edited, already edited piece. And then you're just launching that. But like, they have to fit it in to a certain time slot. They have to, there's certain things they got to do with it probably to make it on brand for the news station. Um, so I thought that was really good advice too, where I was kind of surprised. I'm like, oh, it would seem like more work to just give them raw footage, but that's actually less work. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not giving, yeah, we're not giving them a fully produced piece, but we're just cutting kind of the selects down, um, and stringing them out. So taking out the questions and, you know, cutting out any answers that might not be relevant, um, or one that maybe somebody stumbled or something. So like taking out the the fluff and tightening it down, you know, trying to get an interview down to like six minutes or something to send to, to the media because they're only going to run 30 seconds. So getting an interview down to selects, you know, giving a couple minutes worth of B-roll um, and some still images is really what they what they need. And we've just gotten such good response from press saying like, you know, thank you for making it so easy. And you always give us everything, you know, we need to tell the story. Those are the, the emails that we get in response that, you know, are all worth it um, for those busy turnaround times. And for schools that are maybe going to do start, try to try their hand at this, um, what you mentioned earlier about, uh, was it your mom, to, getting your mom to film uh, horizontal? 
Uh, like that's a, that's a really yes. key thing that I think people really need to understand is like, if you're pitching to a story to the media, it's not, it's going to be on a TV screen that's horizontal. And, and like nine times out of 10, if I ask for user generated content for a video that we're making or something, it will come to me vertical. Um, because that's just the world that we live in now, uh, is just, that's how you hold your phone. Um, <laughs> and that's how, that's how it's it, it just natural, but, um, it's almost like unnatural now to turn it, uh, to turn it sideways, but that's actually how we watch Netflix is all horizontal TVs, horizontal movies are horizontal. Um, so, so yeah, anyway. Um, so, so talk about this idea you mentioned about, uh, lo going local to get national. Yeah. So this, this strategy has been successful for us in a, in a couple of, I mean, many different ways. I'll give you a couple of examples. I think the Amy Creighton story, again, that I've shared, uh, that was in Hawaii. So of course there were networks that were not going to travel to Hawaii to, to tell this story, but really starting with the ABC local affiliate in Honolulu, um, they were there and they, you know, packaged that story. Um, and broadcast it out to all of their affiliates across the country. And that really got picked up quite a bit. Um, another one that we had last year was uh, we surprised a Broadway star uh, who was on the show Come From Away with her diploma at Curtain Call. Uh, she had gone back to school during the pandemic when Broadway went dark. And uh, it was really fun to surprise her with her with her diploma. And again, we started with just the New York City locals because she was um, from Brooklyn. Uh, that's where she grew up. So just starting where with her local networks and then that ended up being on NBC Nightly News. Um, and then when we're sharing our commencement stories, uh, there have been a number of them that we are just sharing, you know, a number of students from across the country coming from all different states and really just sharing their stories with their local networks. We're not trying to share all of them with New Hampshire outlets or, or national outlets, but from the communities that they come from. And that just gives us, some of them have just stayed in those local networks, which has been great because it gives our brand exposure in other areas of the country in other markets that we haven't been in. And, um, but some of them have gone national. We had a, a couple last year, two years ago, they met in an online class and <laughs> discussion board. Um, one was from Indiana, one was from California. We pitched to their local um, outlets and that ended up becoming a national story. So, um, you know, you don't always have to aim for the Inside Edition or People Magazine, but starting with your local networks to give them those really good stories, they have really broad networks, especially if they're um, with their affiliate networks. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about um, uh, Joan Donovan, who you mentioned in your article as well. Uh, and through her story, you were able to pull off um, a potential reach of 561 million people. Uh, for people who haven't read the article, uh, tell us what the story is and then, you know, walk us through that. Sure. So Joan Donovan, she's 89 years old, um, finished her degree that she had long always wanted to achieve. Uh, this story didn't come to us through share your story or anything like that. Um, her son had reached out to somebody at the university asking what size the diploma was so that he could get her a frame for Christmas. So this was a week before Christmas last year that it came to our team. 
Um, and somebody said, like, do we want to bring her diploma to her? And of course, it's been, it had been a long year. It was the week before Christmas. I was like, you know, do we want to add this to the team's plate? Do we want to, um, you know, work with the family to do something like the week, the Friday before Christmas? Um, but when we found out that it was just in the next town over from where I was visiting my own parents, um, I had said that I would you know, bring the diploma to her and, and do a little mini graduation party outside. So uh, again, we had no big staff. I had did not have a video crew, but my mom tagged along uh, with me, which was a great help. And I had asked her to film the, the surprise moment of me delivering the diploma to Joan um, on my iPhone horizontally. And again, like that was the video that ended up on ABC World News. And so again, you know, when you're thinking about getting media relations you don't need to have a huge team you don't need to have a huge budget um, you just have to have good ideas and the willingness to try new things so it was a great moment it was again the friday before christmas and that story like played out over three weeks you know usually we're not we always get the, the advice in, in pr to not pitch something on friday and especially the friday before a major holiday but we ended up pitching that feel-good story around christmas and it got some local pickup in florida over the weekend. And then um, that following week between Christmas and New Year's, I think, you know, outlets were trying to fill some space in the news cycle. So it got a, a little bit more pickup. And then the, the Monday after New Year's, it was like that odd holiday, the second that some people had off for a federal holiday and some people didn't. And our local station, WMUR in New Hampshire, had said like, hey, we're, we're trying to fill some space. Like, do you have some more information on this story? And they ended up running it then. So a whole 10 days later. Um, and then it got a whole new wave of pickup. Um, mm -hmm. It got a syndicated network that had picked it up and it was in a number of outlets across the country. Good Morning America picked it up um, and then eventually ABC World News. So uh, all to say, like, sometimes you just have to throw the PR um, media relations rulebook out the window if you have a good story that resonates um, pitching on a Friday before a holiday, you know, using your mom's iPhone footage <laughs> and um, uh, just testing some new things. So it ended up getting, um, you know, I think 650, more than 650 media clips um, over the course of about three weeks. And her story was was everywhere. But I think it just resonated at a time, you know, um, coming out of the pandemic, um, people needed a feel-good story, and that really uplifted a lot of people and inspired a lot of people at that time. Heading into Christmas, too, I'm, I'm sure helps with the feel-good stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, don't, like, you know, send your product placement press release on Friday <laughs> before Christmas. But um, if you have a good, feel-good, uplifting story before Christmas, um, they can pay off for a lot of media relations efforts. Good deal. Well, this has been a super great conversation, Laura, and I appreciate you coming on. Where can people connect with you at? Uh, yeah, where can people find you, connect with you at? Yeah, they can find me on LinkedIn, um, on Twitter at Lauren K. Keen, um, or via email uh, at SNHU. So, you know, feel free to share my contact information. Um, we're always looking to connect with other universities and communications teams. Um, so happy to help in any way. And thank you so much for allowing me to share some of our stories with your audiences. Really had a, a great time. 
Awesome. Thanks for listening. Three things I want to give you before you go. Uh, number one, reminder to go to pricing.unveil.tv if you're interested in our subscriptions and download our pricing guide. Number two, if you want to take the storytelling you're already doing to the next level or you want to incorporate storytelling into your strategy to begin with, I have a free resource for you. It's a three-part framework for creating compelling student and alumni testimonials and you can get it at unveiled.tv slash student testimonials. doesn't even have to be for video. Put the framework to use in any format in which you tell uh, student outcome stories. Uh, and then number three, I uh, would love for you to leave a review for this podcast. It helps us out a ton. Uh, thank you so much for listening. My name is John Zoni. Go connect with me on LinkedIn. And in the meantime, we'll catch you on the next episode of the Higher Ed Storytelling University podcast. Thanks. Thanks.